I think my staff's getting tired of me quoting Marshawn Lynch, but like he still said it best. Like he's about that action, right? Like, like on purpose, no matter where the location of the pitch is, you crazy fool. Like I'm telling you right now, there is not one hitter on the planet. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Yeah, I don't know about that, but you know what? I'll save it for 12 months from now. We'll talk about it in 12 months. <laughs> yeah. that dugout we got Bo and Joe coming up next on the farm system right here right now fellas 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 and the ladies and the ladies there he is gotta remind him every once in a while and the ladies welcome back to Joey haircuts of the farm unfiltered Bo don't worry I know you're super worried I got this cut coming tomorrow Ooh, I know I'm not say. looking as is cut and as uh as stylish as I usually am for the podcast for you but you're uh, just working too hard bro you got too many things going same though the haircut you know it'll figure itself out when we get there I'm not too I, worried about it I really appreciate you giving me a bunch of credit I mean I work you know but I know that <laughs> put it this way at some point you're hard, you know, everybody's a hard worker to a certain point. I, I get to, um, I was talking about this with the other day, is everybody works hard, but there's a point where someone's working harder than you and you realize it, you know? And so, and also too, I actually, this is actually a good way to start this, is I actually um, was talking about that it's okay on certain days for other people to work harder than you. And everybody's like, what? No. What? And I said, okay, well, think of it like this. Remember, even on a program, Certain days, the intensity is higher for somebody else than you. Now, on the end, you guys might be, again, you might actually, just because you beat me in intensity today, again, I might, you know, overall, when you go over, you know, uh, volume over the entire month or intensity over the entire month, I might rank higher, right, with consistency within that as well. But I think too often in society, everything kind of gets twisted towards, um, everything kind of gets twisted towards the thought process that I have to be first in everything I do all day long. Right. Yeah. And, and with, with everything I do and a great, while it sounds great on paper, that's not, again, our bodies don't operate that way for one. Yeah. And mentally we definitely don't operate that way. Yeah. Um, and that's not even something that we can uphold. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's an unrealistic expectation that we kind of have in society nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it, and it, and not only that, Bo, but it's okay. Let's say you do that. It's not even, it's not a good technique, right? Like, yeah. I can't even hit the peaks of intensity that I want. If I just, if I try to go hard again, and like, that's where it comes in that Joe Rogan clip that we talked about a little while back ago with the trainer, right? Yep. The whole point of intensity means that there's a recovery, right? Like yeah. there's going to have to be a recovery. So if I'm not recovering, I'm going to lower my intensity so that I can pace, right? This production. Right. Yep. If I take rest, I can hit points of, in, you know, in, intensity and I can do those other things. And so I think yep. a lot of times that gets played in society that it's getting it's almost like, you know, the Derek Jeter quote. Right. That everybody loves to use. Right. There's no excuse for someone to be working harder than you. Right. For sure. OK. For sure. All right. You know, uh, yes. But it's also at some point um, actually, again, I, uh, I think Gellner actually posted something yeah. about that. You want to uh -huh. you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know that one. Go ahead with that. Oh, one. I was going to say, uh, Gellner uh, shared that the other day um, that he was reading a certain book and someone was talking about, um, again, that when we try to go really hard, 
Um, and we yeah. put, we put a hundred percent effort into everything we do. Okay. Well, does that mean that, do I need to be the, the top dishwasher, right. To make me a yeah. good businessman? No, of course no. I don't. Right. I can hire somebody to do that. I can outsource that. I can do all these other things. And so some people are spending so much time on things that don't matter. Right. For sure. And, and they, because this mindset of how I do in, how I do everything is how I do, you know, how I do anything yeah. is how I do everything. Right. And like, right. Yes, there's pieces of that within our subconscious and things that are, there's definitely some pieces in that, but also too, again, there's definitely some non-pieces that we're spending a lot of time doing a lot of things that yeah. don't really benefit and have a big ROI return, you know? Well, especially when you look at the neurosciences, like we always say you're in like that flow state where like, I'm really churning things out. There's actually science now that showed that your brain stays in that for four hours a day and it's not continuous. So like some people work better at night, some people work better in the morning. And when we're in those states, we want that to be like all the time. And we think that when we are working, it's always that way. So like you might crush it editing the podcast and you might an hour later might go do the dishes and we automatically assume we're operating at the same level of production, but we're just not. And that's just, that's human anatomy. Like we can think we're Superman and that we can get it all done all the time, but you just can't. And that's okay. Like coming to the realization that I was talking that with the wife the other day, like, look, you're better at that stuff than me. I'm not even going to try to pretend that I can clean as good as you or that, you know, just for one example, but like, like you said, it's, it's okay. Like, I think, I think that's the biggest thing with our production is the efficiency when you are working wow. and viewing it a little bit differently instead of like, I'm always crushing it. Like, no, I'm going to crush it for this three hour section. Yeah, no, 100%. And like, you know, that's just the, that's just a big piece for, you know, again, any type of intensity for us to be able to uphold that intensity always forever and always is that again, that's not how our bodies work, right? So like, no. again, we put all this intense focus. I mean, what happens, right? Like, let's say right now, if, I, if we went outside and I made you run 10 sprints, right? Yeah. Are you going to be able to run 10 sprints all day? Absolutely not. Of course, I'm not no. going to be able to do that, right? I'm not going to be able to run sprints all day. Why? Because of the intensity and also intensity, you add intensity with volume on top of all those things, I'm going to have to recover. And so, yeah. again, there's, that's why those days where it's like, man, I had a really long day. I need to recover, right? What do you do? You come home, you're like, you're lazy, you're a couch potato, you know, again, yeah. you're, you know, you're eating particular types of foods for recovery. Maybe, again, if you go to the gym, you come home and you do things for recovery, all these things, right? Like you need to recover. Um, yep. And we're going some different ways, but I think, uh, you know, again, that, that was just a really good point that it, a lot of times that we can we can have unrealistic expectations because we don't understand how the body actually does things. And, yep. you know, that kind of leads us into that, that spider web, um, where we talked about last week, we started talking through, um, we started talking through the evolution of changing our mind, right. And evolving our thoughts. Yeah. And one of the big pieces that's in, important with that is I think that, um, we want to take that to another space is that, once we do change our mind, we, mm-hmm. we can't escape criticism. Yeah. It's not escapable, right? Unless it's one of my, my favorite quotes, right? It's like, um, let me look it up so I don't, I don't shred it. You know which one I'm going to go with? You don't butcher it? You know I'm not I'm sure. It, it, it seems like you always have something. I'm, you, sometimes you surprise me. <laughs> uh, I read a little bit. Um, yeah, to avoid criticism. You remember that quote, right? 
to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Mm -hmm. Right? So what is that trying to say? Okay, I want to avoid criticism. So am I going to say nothing? Am I going to do nothing? Right? Am I going to be nothing? Right? That's, yeah. the, that's the cost. Right? And even then, I guarantee you, somebody, then what? You're going to get criticized for what? Not saying anything, not doing yeah. anything, and not being anything. Right? Yeah. So, so there's no escaping. There is yeah. no escape. Right? Yep. Again, I just gave the example the other day. Right? Me and you were talking. I'm like, okay, on my, on my TikTok, I'm talking about God. Right? And all my social media, all my other social medias, again, I'm also talking about God, but they're more focused on, again, movement and all those other things. And, I, you know, again, I had a separate TikTok for that. Right? R right. But, but the point is, is no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter what, there's always going to be someone who has something to say that doesn't agree or all those other things, which is fine. It's, yeah. That's I'm not right. I'm wrong. Yeah. On a lot of stuff. Right? And for two. Sure. I'm only explaining things from an incomplete perspective. Not only that, but I'm also explaining it from a perspective that it's okay that if I'm only explaining this side of my hand, it doesn't mean that I'm wrong, right? We talked about that a couple times, right? Or I'm saying right. I'm explaining my, you know, the United States. It doesn't mean that I'm my experience in the United States isn't the experience of the world, right? I'm yeah. only getting a, a, a piece of it, and I can also understand and connect with other people that are in other parts of the world, right? with my yep. experience but I don't live theirs and so it's okay for someone to say that's yeah but I also see this right mm -hmm. and add on to what I'm saying to try to complete more of those perspectives so we can see more parts of the world and all those right. things so I think that's the big piece is that people that they will always have something to say and I kind of want to you know dive yeah. into that uh, more and more because I think people try to do things to avoid criticism and that's just yeah that's that's an yeah. awful mindset to have for sure. Well, and it, it really comes down once again, it's a common neurological response that we all share that we want to preserve the way we view ourselves. And we've talked about that before. When people comment to us, it's because we're, we're maybe poking something in them that's challenging them a little bit, which is good. But a lot of people don't realize that, right? It's easier for me to change the way I think about something than actually changing the behavior. And like every time I'm challenged, it's, it's, pushing me away from my comfort zone on how I view that, right? Which is good, but people don't understand the self-actualization and the awareness there that like what he's saying is part of my perspective, but like you said, it's a corner piece. Like I don't need to argue with this perspective, I can add to it, you know? And mm -hmm. now we have now we have the full picture, especially with movement, man. It's not like it's objective, one size fits all. Like this is a conversation that needs to happen. But I feel like the way a lot of times we converse about it, it stops the conversation. It doesn't push it forward. But I think yeah. it's because people don't understand what's going on here. It's like when you're hungry. You know, if I'm hungry or thirsty, I can go get a drink and stop that feeling right away. When you challenge yeah. me, Joe, like that feeling, it, it's more of a behavioral change or a thought process change. It's not a quick fix. So instead mm -hmm. of changing the behavior, I'll just push back. I'll tell yeah. you, hey, I, I don't agree with you or... This is why I think it's right now. I'm justifying myself to the world because I don't know why you feel that way, but you're missing the boat in a sense with that. that yeah, makes sense. no, 100%. And I think that's also too, again, like the flow of, you know, again, naturally how our, our brains work, right? Like we want the flow of least resistance. We want to accept things uh, that we're already familiar with, right? It's, it's yeah. comfortable for our brain. It takes less effort to go over something I already know, right? It doesn't take, yeah. it doesn't 
take me a lot of mental fortitude. I gave this example on the thread I just wrote, right? It, it doesn't take this mental fortitude to be able to sign my name, right? Or to, or to write my name, right? Yeah. I've done it for years and years and years and years. It takes very little effort for me mentally, right? Yeah. And over the years, and again, when you look at the neuroscience, when it's a habitual pattern, right, it feels effortless. Why? Because my brain is hot, uh, hot, hardwired that yeah. pattern so deep ingrained in my brain that over time I actually see less stimulation, which is why uh, you also see within marketing, right? Marketing 200 years ago is much different than marketing today. We're always, again, human nature, if we want to get uh, more stimulus, we have to we yeah. have to create more stimulus to get responses and to get the brains and get the brain engaged because again when it's just the same old so like again it doesn't draw my attention right so we yeah. start using neon right we start using colors we start using again outrageous marketing techniques that's also a good book if you haven't read that I had to read that in school okay yeah. uh, outrageous marketing right and so um, understanding all of these different techniques that have changed over the years but like. Um, I think that's the big piece though and what I really want to hone in on is not necessarily – I think everybody by experience knows that somebody's always going to have something to say yeah. or, or, or that criticism is there. But I, I want to hone in also on two different aspects. Obviously the first part of why, which is what we're doing now, why yep. everybody always has something to say but also the second side of not avoiding criticism. Mm -hmm. Right. And not going out of your way to like, again, you again, and being like uh, having very thin skin, right. Wearing your emotions yeah. on your sleeves, taking yourself yeah. too seriously, all those other things I want to dive into as well. Because again, there's freedom. There's freedom yeah. from all these things. There's liberation from all this when we adapt different mindsets and we progress ourselves uh, to, to, to separate ourselves from previous beliefs or again, what I've said and being too tied to our ideas and being married. We talked about yep. some of that stuff. Um, so let's dive in a little deeper though, Bo, on why people um, always have something to say, like why the criticisms yeah. are, are there. So yeah. um, one, of the things, one of the things that I want to touch on, and again, I'm going to kind of still again from – I've been continuing to read uh, Think Again um, that we yep. talked about on the last uh, podcast, right? Um, one of the big things is like understanding first off that we start to identify obviously like we've talked about in previous podcasts, right? Go from that base understanding. We identify with our thoughts, feelings and actually there's actually a really good quote here, uh, Bo, that he says um, in the book that I think is huge um, in the sense of where we actually tie ourselves to and what we marry ourselves to. Um, yeah. Let me find that. Go ahead, Bo. Um, I'll, let me find that, and I'll share when I find. Yeah. No, I think that I think it really starts with naturally we're rational beings, but instead of I, I think we think we're more rational than just we rationalize our behavior. If that makes sense, like mm -hmm. naturally we think that we make decisions and we're making the most rational thought. When in reality, we're just rationalizing the decisions that we make. It's not necessarily a rational thought, like. The justification there is that this is what I believe, and even though the data might say it's wrong, I'm just going to rationalize my belief because it's easier for me to do that than actually make the change. It's like movement. It's easier for me to compensate than to actually find the root core, and even though it makes me feel uncomfortable, it's safe because naturally we, we like what's safe and what's easy and what we know. 
right? Mm -hmm. Especially in the day and age today, there's so much stimulus that's challenging our core beliefs and and we just want to protect ourselves. Like you can call it your ego, you can call it whatever you want. That's just yeah. how we're wired that we, we want to justify our action all the time. And yeah. we, we can say we're humble and, and there, there's people that are more aware. I think it just, it's just an awareness. Like this is where I am. And we all have those feelings, Joe. Like when me and you are arguing, like I might disagree with you and I want to say like you're wrong or, you know, this mm -hmm. is why I'm right. But it's like the cognitive awareness that, you know what? Maybe he is right. Maybe everything I know to this point is wrong. And instead of rationalizing my behavior, I'm going to change so I start thinking more rationally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it kind of it goes back into that standpoint as well. It can be quoted in a couple of different ways. Uh, we've, we've, I've quoted many times um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right, when he taught he his quote. Uh, and it says the same thing here in the book, so I'll, I'll give his quote first, right? Yeah. Um, is that we know enough to think that we're right, right? Yeah. But not enough to know that we're wrong, right? And what, sure. how, he says it, how he says it here in the book is, in too many domains of our lives, we never gain enough expertise to question our opinions or discover what we don't know. We have just enough information to feel self-assured about making pronouncements and passing judgment, right? Um, and... And he also goes on to say, failing to realize that we've climbed to the, the top of Mount Stupid without making it over <laughs> to the other side. Um, so, <laughs> so, so it's actually funny because he references Mount Stupid and he gives the understanding of what that is. And that's kind of like the, the quick acceleration that we do up of knowledge. And then all of a sudden we plateau. And also, too, we don't understand anymore. So we actually start making assumptions by what we do know. And it actually uh, degrades what we do because we start to discount other facts that we knew because we think that we're so confident in this area. But anyways, he goes right. on to say those other things. But um, it's very important, I think, with that is that um, – one of the things that you found a lot of value from, and so did I when I shared with you this week, was uh, that it's natural to have the doubts and that, that it's actually oh, yeah. a blessing mm -hmm. and, an, and, a, and an attribute of right. – and he said obviously in the studies that they've been doing that it was a blessing and an attribute of a lot of high achievers is they naturally had a lot of this doubt, right? Yeah. And and that doubt is big and that's why, again, if you're someone that's – you know, made some really big strides in your life and have achieved a lot of things. I'm sure you guys will recognize with this of having imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. So anybody that's not familiar uh, with imposter syndrome, I'll actually read you the uh, exact definition. Um, so imposter syndrome is, uh, it says, is loosely defined or uh, personality <laughs> traits largely uh, drive imposter syndrome. Okay, so uh, are as loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud, and yep. uh, disproportionary affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many questions, uh, many question whether they're deserving of uh, the accolades. So, yep. so uh, the the big piece here is again that was from something online. Um, but again, um, that's a common trait that happens with high achievers is this imposter syndrome. And I've also dealt with this a lot over the last couple of years is feeling yep. like, you know, I'm in these big environments that I had never been in before, I've been in these rooms and I have a lot of very important people or I, people that I put on pedestals and mentally in my life that now all of a sudden, you know, I'm sharing information with them. I mean, I remember when I was talking with like JD Martinez, right? And we're talking about yep. hitting, 
here I am talking with an MVP candidate, right, about right. how he's moving and, you know, again, and, and in a lot of ways, knowing information that he doesn't know and him knowing yeah. information that I don't know, which is, I already assume that, right? Yeah. But me knowing a lot of things about movement that he had no idea, right? Yeah. And then how that can come off and feel more like, you know, being an imposter in some of those scenarios or again, talking to For all sure. these you know, CEOs or executives or all these other, you know, in these, these bigger rooms, um, you know, and again, GMs, I've talked to many GMs over the assistant GMs over the last couple of years. And, you know, again, in the very beginning, you know, it can feel like you're an imposter in your own skin. Right. For sure. Um, but that's, well, is it that doesn't that go back Joe to like the more that you, uh, develop cognitively and the more intellectually you get, the more you learn, the more you learn that you don't know. So like, mm -hmm. I know part of the picture and I know that and I might know more than somebody else knows but I know there's somebody out there that knows more than me and for high achievers that always need to be checking that box and justify ourselves, like I know I'm missing stuff but you need to come to the realization that we and you have talked about I'm confident in what I know and I know mm -hmm. I can sit at the table with you enough I, mm -hmm. I know I'm confident and I know enough to talk to JD Martinez I might mm -hmm. not know as much as somebody over here but yeah. I know more than somebody over here and I can yeah. meet you in the middle and have a conversation with you and feel confident about that. Yeah, and there's and there's to your point, there's a healthy level of doubt, right? Yeah. And so as he describes it in the book, he describes he describes in the book as um, you know a form of humility, obviously, right, of where it comes from, um, but very important uh, that that level of doubt is why I'm also. A high achiever, or while you're also a high achiever, or why that's all what these makes people you are high achievers. That's what pushes yeah, you to be the, great. The doubts are natural to be like, okay, again, you're always questioning what you do know and say, what am I missing? What am I missing? Yeah. What am I missing? Because mm -hmm. undoubtedly, we're missing, right? For sure. So undoubtedly, you know, we're missing, and you know, in this particular, you know, uh, domain, um, I'm actually I'm going to circle back. And this was one of the quotes I was trying to find. Uh, the less intelligent we are in a particular domain, the more we seem to overestimate our actual intelli <laughs> yep. in intelligence in that domain, right? For sure. So it's actually pretty funny. Again, you can see this with like uh, the opposite that we've talked about, right? The opposite of imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. So the is is your um, is your your quarterback <laughs> your armchair quarterback syndrome is the opposite, right? These guys that yeah. have over you know estimation, right, or over um, you know, confidence, arrogance yeah. of something that they don't really know much about, right? That's yeah. the opposite you, you, of imposter syndrome. The, the, the therapy in me says you have great defense mechanisms to justify that feeling that you have inside that you just not quite there yet. And a lot of people mm. don't even recognize it, man. Like, yeah, but I was just talking about this with my wife because uh, brief example, but she kind of gets nervous for interviews. So what does she do? She comes off overconfident. We compensate that way. Yeah. And before she, she wasn't even aware that she was doing it, but now that she's aware, Hey, it makes me uncomfortable. This is why I do that. But there's so many people that like you're saying the the, what was it? The quarterback, the arm, the arm, armchair, the quarterback? armchair quarterback syndrome. Yeah. Where we're he kind of unaware up, that we're we'll doing go with it. it. I like it. Yeah. It's good. I mean, I, I thought you pulled it out of a book. I did. I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I that's what you. he called. That's what he calls it in the book. But again, it, oh, okay. it, it's not a like. Again, my point was that it's not like a you know real syndrome, but it's a it's a way of classifying a certain particular group or subset of I got group of, of people. I got you. Right. 
Um, and again, this isn't check marks. We all yeah. are like this in domains that we're not as educated mm -hmm. on, right? We overestimate mm -hmm. our abilities in business. We overestimate our abilities in communication. We overestimate our abilities in integrity. We overestimate our abilities in all of these other areas, right? So yeah. um, again, one of the things that, okay, why is this important, <laughs> yeah. right? Why is this important, mm -hmm. right? And so one of the statements he says too, when adults have, have the confidence to acknowledge what they don't know. They pay more attention to how strong evidence is and spend more time reading material that contradicts their opinion. Right? So again, you're when you're more confident, right, in what you believe and and all and also in your and, and other things that we're gonna go into here in a second, you're more willing to hear somebody's argument. You're more yeah. willing to entertain information that you don't agree with, right? Yep. When you're less confident in what you know, you're very emotional, yeah. Right? You can be very, you can be very emotional, right? I can have a lot mm -hmm. of. It can be very emotionally charged, and therefore, again, my logical brain turns off, right? Yeah. And I just start perceiving everything as an attack, right? Yep. Um, and so, what that really comes to is, again, we want to get to this space. We want to get to this other space where I have a confident humility, yeah. for sure, right? And that yep. confident humility is tying ourselves we we okay un, undoubtedly we're going to tie our identity to things we just got to be yeah. conscious of what we tie our identities to right right and what yep. uh again you mentioned this on the last couple podcasts so i want to i want to point this out is you said this again here he is the psychologist himself right <laughs> but he says here right her confidence wasn't in her existing knowledge it was in her capacity to learn that's a big statement very important for us to understand, right? Is that just because somebody has confidence, right? Because he explains these two different th worlds, right? We like to see the world as confident, right? And yeah. sorry, confident in the middle, insecure, right? Arrogant. We want to yeah. sit in the middle, right? That's where we want to be. But that's right. not how it is, right? I can be really, really confident, but also very, yeah. very humble, Yeah. right? I could be very insecure and also very humble. Right. Right? So, so all those things to be put together, all those things to be put together is just for us to understand that we want to have a confident humility and where we right. tie our identity to. And again, we want to tie our identity to, again, more so characteristics that are important right. in like how I learn information, things that I'm able to obtain. And also, too, that again, any, um, we want to start tying our identity to values yes rather than opinions yeah well right? i think that's where people miss it is that there's so many i mean it, it sounds good in theory we can sit here and talk and you'll talk to anybody and they'll agree with you but we're tied to the work we're tied to the outcome and yeah the research shows the harder you work for something the more you'll justify it i mean you hear it with all these guys that have a lot of experience i used to argue with my dad about this well i own a business for 25 years you know, I, I work so hard for what I have. So we want to justify the outcome or the production. When in reality, if we're tied to that process, all mm -hmm. this continue to evolve, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are chasing the outcome. It's like it's like our boy Evan Wise says: the journey or uh, the destination is the disease. You yeah. know, we get tied to the outcome, and now I'm going to justify everything I know, Joe. I'm looking at you on Twitter, and you're and you're challenging all these beliefs I've been doing for 20 years, and I'm tied to it because of the effort I put in, which is good. I, it takes a lot of effort. 
but effort doesn't necessarily equate to you're right. Like, yeah, I can work really hard in the wrong direction. And, and he says he's and he and he says that in the book and how he wraps that up. Bo is that many people mistake experience for expertise. Yeah. Right, that's a big place. Right, I've I've yeah. I have experience. For example, everybody lives in their own body, so they think they have an experience. They understand how their body works because they're in their body every single day. Right, they're they're using their body every single day. I know how my body is, but again, I don't have expertise on the body. Right. I have experience with the body. Right. And now, sure. again, to build expertise, I do need experience. But again, like we talked about with John Maxwell, right, his quote, right, um, expertise isn't, I mean, um, experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher, which is, again, expertise. Right. Yeah. And so that's where it goes into as well of understanding where we get to this other place. Um, and this is still uh, why people are responding the way that they are is because of how they've identified, but we're also giving like how to's to get out of that, right? And right. Out of that mindset and break that mindset. And so this is another one I highlighted. I thought was very impactful. They maintain uh, doubts because they know we're all partially blind and that they're committed to improving their sight. They don't boast about how much they know. They marvel at how little they understand. They're aware that each answer raises new questions and the quest for knowledge is never finished. Right. And that that's a huge again, those are all huge points for us to understand that, again, you can understand how your worldview is shaped when that isn't your base. Right. right? When you're tied to opinions and you're tied yeah. to what your dad told you or it's somebody else's opinion, somebody else's opinion rather yep. than a value. Right. Yeah. Of again, instead of that's the difference. I want to be right. Right. Or. I want the truth. Right. Yeah. Those are different things. Again, the value rather than an opinion. Yeah. Right. And I want to tie myself to those values. Um, yeah. And you know uh, well, that will start to help me be under comfortable being wrong and actually start to actively start to see imposter syndrome and doubt and some of those things as a positive rather than my mindset thinking that again that's making it always turns into more of like an insecurity. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it too because some people are probably listening and saying I. I I place this value as a high importance in my life. The idea of something I like. The execution of the idea is where people miss it. Like, how many people do we know act different than their moral, their moral or ethical thing they would say? Smokers, for example, the, the research I was reading this morning. It was like 75% of smokers realize it's wrong and they want to quit. But, and they'll tell people that, like, this is what I need to do to better my health. But we won't do it. We like the idea, we don't like the execution. Some people listening to this might say, I value education and I value continued education when in reality, they, they don't educate themselves. But in our head, we're convincing ourselves that, that we are. And so mm -hmm. we're kind of breeding this like stagnant water, even though we're moving, mm -hmm. we're still stagnant. Like we're more, we're more, we almost, instead of, we're stagnant, but we're, we're deepening or affirming our beliefs that we already have. So instead right. of moving to a different place, we're just getting deeper we're, we're just getting deeper and in, in where we are, right? Yeah, and, right. And so like that's the, that's the piece like of us going in, right? Is that, is that we're just getting deeper and uh, right. but we, we, we're just – we're more likely to affirm than to change our mind, yeah. right? And again, because yep. it takes less effort. It takes less effort to, to go deeper, right? Yeah. It takes, uh, it takes more effort to move to a different place, right? Yeah. 
and and, the, and, yeah. and being a different landscape, right? And that's so, what the 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 thing we're talking about is cognitive dissonance. And the the researcher I was reading gave three examples. You can change the way you think about something. You can change the action that produces the way you think about something, or you can just completely avoid it. And most people avoid it, or most people will change the way and justify their own action. And like you're saying, it's easier to do that. It's easier to say, oh, you know, I could work out, but I work for eight hours a day, and then I got this and the kids, and, and it's right. You have all these external things. You can acknowledge what you need to do, but we don't do the steps we need to do to do it. Yeah. Well, and that's one of my favorite lines that he put in here, too. He said, uh, he goes, uh, this is by a physicist. Uh, uh, so you must not fool yourself. You are the easiest person to fool. For sure. <laughs> You know, it's very easy to fool yourself. And that's something that we got to keep in mind that, again, there's, there's always things uh, that we're, we're missing. And yeah, I, I want to, again, deepen, <laughs> I want to deepen this thought, is that when we're wrong about something and we've attached our identity to these opinions, yeah, when someone offers something that is opposite, of those opinions and that's my identity he says yep. it feels as if i'm getting punched in the brain yep <laughs> you know for sure i'm getting punched in my mind someone's punching me that's how painful it is for your brain you know to for be sure. to wrap your head around these these things right um and you know you would think that as you're growing up like uh, my brain should be used to my brain yeah. should be used to changing its mind, right? Obviously, I got to change my mind, right? As I grow yeah. up, there's a lot of things I got to change. Like there's things around me that are changing all the time, right? right? So you might start to see yourself. And again, you might start to fool yourself that, oh, I change my, my mind fine all the time, all these things, right? I'm ever growing, <laughs> yeah. right? right? But meanwhile, again, remember, very easy to fool yourself in, into that, that mindset. Um, and also, too, to start genuinely enjoying, right, that you were wrong, is a whole yeah. nother step to be like, man, like that's awesome. And, and I tweeted, uh, you know, I, I tweeted this, this later, uh, I mean earlier this week and just about the, the idea that, you know, we need a, and again, this kind of comes on by themselves, right? Like when we, when they define themselves by values rather than opinions, they buy themselves the flexibility to update their practices in a light of new, uh, in light of new evidence, right? When you have values, it doesn't, and again, when your, your identity is in the values and not in the information or your opinion, now I can mm -hmm. change my opinion at any time because that's mm -hmm. not, has nothing to do with me, right? Yeah. That just, this is just something that, again, the facts change, so I change my mind. Like right. my value, and again, where I hold my identity is in the truth, not that yeah. me being right. So what? I change my mind. I, I hope yeah. if I'm in the same spot, right? Like, um, you know, again, if, if I'm in the same spot a year from now and I can't look back and go, wow, I learned so much. You probably didn't learn that much in the last year, yeah. right? That you can't marvel yeah. at how much you learned in the last year. If you were just like, well, I didn't really, you know, I didn't do nothing yeah. crazy here in this last year. That's probably cause you didn't evolve too much right in that sure. last year. And again, you could always have the opportunity today to, you know, yeah. to start getting into it. But yeah, that's a big, that's a big well, piece. I think a lot of people here, because I, I really like, I was listening to Gellner's podcast too, and you have the, the other camp that's like, I'm a lifelong learner and I read 52 books last year. And Gellner did that. And he also asked himself, well, how much did I learn? 
How much did I take away? Zero. It's also not just checking the box that I'm that I'm doing all this stuff. It's it's applying the stuff we learn. Yeah. It's like it's 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 like the evaluated experience. It's also the evaluated knowledge that we learn. Just because mm -hmm. I read an article on how the body moves doesn't mean I'm an expert. Like, and that's where the rubber meets the road with you and JD Martinez. JD Martinez can do the action. You can teach the action, but you can you necessarily can't do it at the level he can, and he can't mm. necessarily explain it the way you can, right? Mm. So it's it's that it's that fine line there that like these buzzwords, quote unquote, the 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 word people think because I say it, I do it. Mm -hmm. It's not the case. It's just not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then that's that's where it comes in. And this was the exact quote that I sh I shared earlier this week, right? There's no benefit to me for being wrong for longer. It's much better yeah. if I change my beliefs sooner. And it's good. It's a good feeling to have the sense of discovery, the surprise. I would think of, of people would enjoy that. That was a quote, right? And so, like, that's an important piece for me, you know us to understand. Again, I'd rather look dumb today than be dumb tomorrow, right? Right. Like, right. it's fine. It's okay yeah. that I'm wrong. So what? Yeah. Again, you're you're blind if you don't see that people and yourself, you're at least wrong probably 10 times a day. Probably. For sure. Right? Again, you right. either you either said the wrong thing at the wrong time at the wrong tone or again, you shared the wrong information, we went by something we assumed to be right. We again started our day with how we thought it should happen, right? I should get up in the morning, I should do this, I should do that. I, what and I, I'm at least wrong 10 times a day. So if you think yeah. that again, I haven't been wrong in a while, like that's you're already blind to it and also you're you're not able to see it in other people and say they're human beings. They make mistakes. Right. People make right. mistakes all day long. And so, um, again, that goes into that, that fact that, again, I'm repeatedly wrong so I can yeah. learn the right ways of doing things. So, again, I got to stop saying right. that. Like, it's a prerequisite. Failure is a prerequisite of success. Right? Yeah. Being wrong For is sure. a, prere a prerequisite of being right. Right? Yeah. We got to stop trying to just be right. Well, right? and I think, I think ultimately what that comes down to, too, Joe because the same article I'm reading, the, the research says, we, even with new information, we like to pick and choose the confirmation bias. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going in with, with a biased view already. It's very hard for us to look at something with an unbiased view. It's like what I talked mm -hmm. about with the mindfulness meditation. When we're, when we're viewing something, we're automatically placing them in the, um, in the uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically the labels, the chunks we have in our mind right mm -hmm. of like this is familiar to me we hardly ever look at something with an unbiased view so like even though we're arguing i'm going to pick pieces you say and then use them against you for my own beliefs mm -hmm. that's what good arguers do is like mm -hmm. i'm, I'm going to listen for things that can justify my opinion and then use it against you when in reality like i need to listen and try to pick the things that go against me and learn right but mm -hmm. today it's like we're so quick to just go in with a biased view and pick the things that match with what I already believe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like that root thing of the continued learners. What goes against what I, what I believe and why is that, you mm -hmm. know, instead mm -hmm. of trying to chunk it with something I already do believe. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, again, the other piece he talks with that, right? It's just being like, like you're just talking about here. It's right. It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> I might add yeah. that it doesn't become the truth just because you believe it. Right. Yep. And so that's the whole other thing as well. Right. Like, um, you know, that was a Seinfeld, you know, quote in the very beginning. Right. Like, it's not a lie if you believe it. Right. Again, right. even on a lie detector, like, like, oh, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Well, no, he just believes that it's the truth. He believes. Right. It, yeah. 
He believes that it's the truth. And just because you believe something is the truth doesn't make it the truth, right? Um, It might be your truth and how you feel right now, but it doesn't make it the truth, right? As you're getting new information, as the facts change. Yeah. Mind changes, right? Well, that's why that's why sociopaths and kind of going down a different rabbit hole here. But I used to make that argument a lot of the time that we're kind of breeding sociopaths in society because we always justify our beliefs. And Ted Bundy, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, those mm-hmm. guys could cheat polygraphs because they actually believe it. Mm-hmm. Because that, that that that's that's how confident I am in my beliefs. Yeah, and. It's not so much who's right, what's right or wrong. It's I'm right.com. And yep. it's sad, but I feel like that's kind of the route that we're going because there's so much information now. Back in the day, all it was was opinion. Not, yep. not all of it, but when I'm arguing with you, I, I can't Google and find you can't quantify. Back my opinion. Yeah. You can't quantify. Mm-hmm. Where today, there's so much, and a lot of it's not necessarily true either. It, it gets yep. hairy. It does. Yeah. And that was the other piece as well of being like, um, he goes. He says he's like, if you don't change your mind frequently, you're going to be wrong a lot. If you want to be wrong, for sure, start changing your mind, right? If you want to be wrong less often, start changing your mind. You yeah. know, start learning, right? Start, start again. Start getting moving. And again, doesn't mean you're gonna. Again, you're just trying to be less wrong than you are yesterday. Less wrong than you yeah. are yesterday, right? And yep. you know, uh, it gives a perfect example of people that are able to change their mind. And again, these high achievers is. Um, it was, it was actually funny. He gives a story. I think this is impactful. He says, in the early 1990s, the British scientist um, Andrew L- uh, Lane, I think that's how you say his last name, uh, published a major discovery in the world's uh, most prestigious science journal. He presented the first evidence that a planet could orbit a uh, neutron star, a star that had exploded into a supernova, uh, a supernova. Several months later, while preparing to give a presentation at an astron- astronomy conference, he noticed that he hadn't adjusted for the fact that the Earth moves in an elliptical orbit, not a circular one. He was embarrassingly horribly wrong. The planet he had discovered didn't exist. In front of hundreds of colleagues, Andrew walked out onto the ballroom stage and admitted his mistake. When he finished his, com- uh, his confession, the room exploded into a standing ovation, and astro- uh, astrophysicists called, uh, called it the most honorable thing I've ever seen. Right? And then again... Here's somebody yeah. that's going on stage. He knew he was wrong and just yep. admitted that he was wrong, right? Yeah. And again, that will give you much more credibility, right, yep. than you thinking this, this straw man argument that you're holding on to where I can't admit I'm wrong because then people will start to discredit what I know, right? Yeah. Or, or they won't see me as the guru or they won't see me as these other things where, again, the most honorable people and also to the guys that we pulled through the or somebody that is willing to change their mind. And the Bible even talks about that is to be weary, right, of the unreasonable man. Be right. weary of the unreasonable man, someone that will not change their mind, right? Yeah. Someone that will hold to their beliefs no matter what, even if they're proven wrong, even if they're facts that are put – like that's someone that we have to be weary of because, again, they're not going they're – they're going by – they want to be right. Right. Yeah. It, it, that that that's not rooted. They're not. They don't have your best interest in mind. Right. Yeah. They have their best interest in mind in that moment. Right. Where what yeah. they believe their best interests are, which is for me to be right and to never be wrong. And that's something yeah. that we need to be mindful of. And they again, don't. Set, you know, for sure. They don't have the truth. They have their truth. That that's yeah. what they're trying to push here. And yeah. It gets hairy there again. But I I also think I was listening to the Joe Joe Rogan's podcast. To your point, 
we're attracted to imperfection, especially people that can get up there and say, I'm imperfect. It's harder yeah. for us to do it, but when people can do it, I can empathize with that. Even if I'm not a very empathetic person, I can empathize with that. I might not voice it, but yeah. that hits me here. And yeah. when you have a group of people like that, that's powerful. And 100%. that's why a lot of these influencers and what, going back to what we talked about before, being willing to stand alone and put my thoughts and my, my uh, beliefs out there, of course you're going to get backlash. Mm -hmm. But in reality, a lot of people will respect you. I guarantee people will respect you for that. They might not agree yeah. with you, yeah. but I say that all the time when people get out there, even if they're way off, I'm like, I respect you for doing that. That's, it, it's hard. It doesn't happen mm. often. Yeah. And then also too, yeah. And then, you know, it kind of comes on to, to say that and, and say, you know, psychologist, psycholo psychologist, got it. <laughs> Psychologists find that admitting we were wrong doesn't make us less competent. It displays an uh, honesty, it, it display, it's a display of honesty and willingness to learn. Right. Yeah. And then, um, it's just understanding as well that like, you know, scientists, for example, are, judge more favorably if they acknowledge new data rather than deny it right yeah. like as a scientist you don't want a scientist or again you don't want to follow someone that again that with new new data or any of those things and saying like and that's somebody for example like a lot of scientists that i've met i like the culture again they're trying to disprove themselves they're like show yeah. me the new data like i for you know, sure i want to i'm i'm so i did the study in the first place because i was interested i had a i had a desire for the truth well, if i'm wrong that, if i miss yeah. something bring it up let's talk you know? Well, when you talk about the, the process, this, uh, the scientific theory, there is no truth until it's been proven that it can't be disproved. That's why people will go back and they'll challenge previous beliefs because they're theories. There's not many actual truths. That's science in itself is I'm going to keep on testing and retesting until mm -hmm. I can prove that it works or it doesn't work. Yeah. And I, th I think that's why a lot of people Plausible beat them to deniability. the punch. <laughs> For sure. That's like the, the uh, uh, never split the difference. He talks about that. Call it out. Call it out. I know I'm imperfect. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're on a sales call, look, I know Joey, you know, he'll say it. I know I come off a little bit strong. Mm -hmm. It helps me connect with you more because I'm mm -hmm. calling it out in the open. Like, look, I messed up. And most people will connect with you that way. It's, it's a, it's a tool people use to connect on a deeper level emotionally. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, like it's, it's so funny that you brought that up too. Cause I was literally, before we jumped on the podcast, I was going to say, cause we had a, we had, we had a, a, a conversation at a meeting before this and one of the yeah. things i was going to tell you when we jumped on and saying like oh there's a couple moments within the call that i came off kind of brash yeah. right like a, a very very mm -hmm. uh strong in certain moments or you know yeah. irritable in certain moments and i was going to say sorry garth i know i came off a little thing but you know again like yeah but it's it's, it's funny because again like that happens to me often where i'm able to objectively go now more objectively be able to be like Hmm. Come to come off a little like short or a yeah. little, and again, so so aware that a lot of people around me will be like, "Oh, I didn't even notice. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even have said anything or whatever." And I'm yeah. like, "Well, good. I'm happy I caught it before you did. You know, like for sure. I'd rather. I'm happy I didn't make you feel that way, but I knew that I was coming off a little, you know, yeah. um, aggressive or um, for sure. You know, and again, it probably had nothing to do with you. It had to do with you yeah. Know, maybe I haven't had my coffee, or maybe I haven't. You know, yeah. could, a million right. things. Right? I could have a billion things going on or whatever. You know. Um, well, and that's why that's why a lot of these people recommend. I mean, I know you obviously. I, I know you mm -hmm. well enough now to know if something's going on. But a lot of these researchers are saying now, especially lecturers, professors are starting to say this stuff to their their students because I I might teach a whole lecture on something and the student I'm coming off a certain way and it doesn't connect with the with the student. Where in reality, if I start the class and say, "Look, this event's happening in my life," 
I might come off this way. Now I'm empathetic. Mm -hmm. Now I want to listen to you, right? And mm. you, you got to make sure people aren't manipulating you because it also is mm -hmm. a, mani a mani manipulation tactic, Technique, especially sales sure. guys. Yeah. But um, that's something that I've taken away in that book is just calling it out, you know? Yeah, bringing it into the open for sure. Um, okay, so one of, the, one of the things that I want to get into now is uh, we try to avoid criticism, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and that's, that's the, the problem though, is again, like high achievers, like we need criticism. We yeah. need to have people that disagree with us. We need to have these conversations, right? We don't all just go stay in our corner. And that's the problem obviously too, where culture continues to go is in large culture doesn't want to argue. Culture doesn't yeah. want to fight. We get around people that affirm us, right? So it's going to continue going that way. So we got to fight right. like hell the opposite way that we got to have some of these conversations that we're, we don't agree with somebody. And we got to also get better at having conversations with people that we don't agree with, right? For Without sure. it being a fight, right? And it could be a discussion and learning how to express our opinions with, you know, with other things behind it, right? And one of the things, um, you know, this is a, a big point that he makes, uh, he made earlier um, in the book, I thought was important. He said, um, Yes, we're entitled to hold our opinions inside of our own heads. If we choose to express them out loud, though, I think it's our responsibility to, uh, uh, to ground them in logic and facts and share our reasonings with others and change our minds when better evidence emerges. Right? So that's great. If you want to keep it in your head, okay, that's fine. But also know that the moment that you share it in public, you're, again, as soon as you say something, you're opening yourself up to criticism the moment you open yep. your mouth. Right. And the yep. moment you, and also too, again, the moment you don't open your mouth, you also yeah. open yourself up to criticism. Okay. For sure. So, um, and some of the big things is that, you know, again, that the these high achievers that again, they constantly keep finding is that they're not just comfortable with conflict. It energizes them. And I, you know what this yeah. made me think of, Bo, is yeah. that me and, me and you on the bus going, what are we arguing yep. today? Yep. What are we arguing on the day? We'd walk onto the bus when we were, we we're going to games and uh, road trips and say, what are we arguing today? And, what our, are we and arguing? Our, teammates, our teammates used to hate it. They'd be like, stop. Right. Like, you guys argued for three hours and it would be like, it, for and sure. Like, and then me and you afterwards are completely <laughs> fine because we're just, you know, we're just, we, it, it energized us. It was fun. Yeah. Right? For sure. It was fun to stretch our opinions and, and, and uh, the, even to fight for things that are not something we agreed with, right? And just fight devil's right. advocate on things, right? And that's really stretched our brains and it was energizing. And again, this, they actually found that this is a common with higher achievers is that they yeah. want to do this. They want to have discussions. They want to have conflicts. Uh, and they, they understand that it's part of, not that they want to fight, but that, that it's part of the process of learning and growing yeah. and having these discussions and that being sure. a big, a big, uh, a big role. And then also too, to yeah. be like involved, a common thing that these higher achievers have as well is they had a challenging network right? Which is getting yeah. people around you, a group of people we trust to point out our blind spots and help us overcome our weaknesses. Their role is to activate rethinking cycles by pushing us to be humble about our expertise, doubt our knowledge and be curious about new perspectives, right? Like that's a big, that's a big piece, right? And just surrounding yeah. ourselves with these people. Um, and, you know, and, and, and getting, you know, we have to create a culture, right? That we by doing that, we open other people up to having these conversations and saying, Joey, I already right. know Joey's going to want to discuss this. 
Like yeah. I already know it's going to come up. There's no way me getting around like we're going to have this conversation, right? So then yeah. you start, okay, well, how are we going to go about it? How am I going to position it? How am I blah, 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 right? That starts building a culture of we're going to discuss it. We're not going to just sweep it underneath the rug and move on, you know? For sure. So then it starts breeding that culture, um, you know, that we're going to talk about it. So, you know, might as well be ready, right? Yeah. And rather than I'm just going to hold on to my beliefs and when you're ready to talk about it, you start going deeper in your thoughts. You start forming, again, evidence. You start having data. You start thinking through things deeper rather than just, oh, this is my, just my opinion, right? Yeah. Because if I don't sure. have data or if I don't have something backing or, again, uh, uh, facts or things that I'm, I'm going to pull from of why I formed this opinion and it's just a random opinion that came out of the air because I heard somebody else say it. And it's not actually yeah. rooted. I'm going to find out real quick when I'm preparing an argument or again a position to actually talk to someone that might be educated on the subject about it, right? Yeah, and that can be sure. a whole other you know thing for me to to talk through, right? Yeah. Well, when you look at criticism, at the root, it 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 comes from fear, and like our brain, when when you understand the fear concept, that our brain is one meant to avoid fear, but two, we dwell on it. Like yeah. if you listen to guys that. Uh, maybe they'll give a presentation and they crush it. This happened with you, Joe, you bridged the gap. You crushed it. But you come off the stage and what do you say? Oh, I could have done this better, right? Our brain is more likely to remember the negative than the positive. The, yeah. the, study, the study I'm looking at now takes our brain experiencing five positive events to make up for one psychological negative event, right? Mm. And that's why people won't do it because I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to do 10 good things to make up for the one bad thing I did. I think I'll just keep my mouth shut Right. And that's why a lot of this stuff for us, those people that are continually trying to push the gap, they're conditioning that that response. Like, yeah, I feel that, but that's okay. Where people won't. They feel it yeah. shut down. You know? Yeah, I because have to I have to I have to change how my brain the again, the the structure of that, right? Of being like, no no no, no. I get to pick the rules. Yeah. Right? One yep. doesn't equal five, right? And also two, again. I don't care that one actually doesn't have as much weight on me. I don't care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. I made a mistake. I'll make a correction. Great. For you sure. Know? Move on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and even even in the steps you said before, you, mm -hmm. you you made a great point. You said this the group that I hold myself accountable to. We can yeah. choose who gets to criticize us. Especially yep. in those small groups. Like that's how it yep. starts. You know, I might not I'm not the one doing it publicly, but in the small group we have the people that we choose criticize us. As soon as we can start to do that small, now it's it's easy. Like, I don't even know who this guy is now that's that's pushing back at us. Like, yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know? And when you go and when you go into things again, when you say, take it as a foundation. When I say something, somebody's gonna say something. Yeah, expect it. They're gonna say something. Okay, and then also too, when you're used to people saying things, then. You start already knowing, like when someone comes with a response, you're like, okay, that's a, you know, it's a pretty, yeah. people are not unicorns. They're individuals, yeah. but they're not unicorns. They, they say a lot of the same things. They have a lot of the same right. questions, right? So yep. you could already have formulated, like again, expecting that this is, and also too, you came through this process too. What are things you struggled with when you first heard this idea? You already know people are going to, again, have this, this, these issues, right? And so yeah. one of the big things is with this is he says as well strong leaders engage their critics and make themselves stronger weak leaders silence their critics and make themselves weaker yeah you know and that's yep. a big thing is we want to make sure that we're not creating an environment where we're not 
And again, I'm guilty of this as well, right? If that I can respond back with someone with a lot of conviction and then that makes them not want to question me anymore. But yeah. in reality too, we got to be careful of that because of the culture that it might create of a whole bunch of yes men, right? And that's yeah. where we don't want to have is a whole bunch of yes men running in, um, you know, during these types yeah. of environments, right? When you're creating that culture. For sure. I, I, I think of the, I think of the Steve Jobs quote on here. He says that uh, if you want to dent the universe, you're going to take dents in your armor here and there on the way. Like anything worth doing attracts admiration, but it also comes with criticism. And like innovation now, that's that's going to happen. Anytime we're changing the way things happens, people are going to push back because it makes them uncomfortable. But you need to venture into the unknown knowing that like I'm trying to make a dent in this thing we're floating around in in space right now and people are probably going to push against me for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. And then also too, um, it's, it, it goes into the other side of this, right? That, that people like to, again, justify, um, not saying anything, right? Like, oh, well, yeah. you know, I don't want to argue all those other things. Right. But like, that's the point. Like he goes, I'm, I'm looking for disagreeable people who are givers, not takers. Disagreeable givers often make the best critics. Their intent is yeah. to elevate the work, not feed their own egos. They don't criticize yes. because they're insecure. They they challenge because they care. They dish out tough love. Right? Yeah, for and sure. so and and so too often, um, you know, again, like it's good that we disagree, right? That's something that we need to understand. It's good that we fight it out. It's good that we makes, you know, it makes stuff stronger and that was actually a quote uh, that was taken also as well. Um of this, these, uh, these co uh, co-founders is that they talk about how they, and again, I thought of us, like a lot of times how we go back and forth about things. And that's a good thing because again, it makes us think deeper. It makes us actually come more resolution to the truth. And yeah, they're going to have some little yeah. back and forth, but it's not personal. It has nothing to do with me or you, or, you know, again, we're not attacking each other. We're attacking ideas yeah. and coming to For the sure. best conclusion of what that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're not, it kind of comes back to the idea. Like we need to seek improvement, not the approval. You know, like I'm not looking at what you say to me is exposing the flaws in me and yeah. flaws in my idea. You know, it's not me. And through that process of self-discovery, now I am bettering myself and now I am a continued learner because I took my ego out of it. It's not about me. It's about the idea. Mm -hmm. but, but we like to think you're attacking me. Oh, Joe, you hurt my feelings. No, I know he, I know he likes me. I know mm -hmm. Joe. Well, maybe, hopefully. Sometimes. But, but it's the idea, you know. That, that we're always improving. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, that, that just kind of brings it into the other thing as well. Just being like, again, it's a prerequisite. Like if you're going to share new ideas, if you're going to be innovative, all those things we talked about, it's a prerequisite, right? So get used, get used to catching that criticism and also to um, be excited about the criticism, right? That people are going to critique. And again, what is that going to do? It's just going to make you get better. It's going to make you think deeper. It's going to think about you challenging yourself. It's going to make you doubt yourself. It's going to make you do, but that's a good process. That's something yeah. to not be running away from, but embracing when it happens yep. is this is just going to make me better. And again, for sure, receiving more of these critiques and there's a healthy level. Again, let me give context, right? It's not sit there and keep reading all these people that have no really, if the guy just fires back and says, you're an idiot. Okay. Well, that doesn't, it's not constructive, yeah. right? So there's for constructive sure. conversation for us to have. Um, well, and again, I've, and, and even, even us, Joe, like there's sometimes people comment and we're just like, ah, it's really not even worth uh, trying to respond back because of the way they responded to me. Like, 
you also need to judge who's criticizing you. Is this worth my time? Is this going to make me better? Or is this just something I could probably run by and, and have it not yeah. affect me? And, and, it, and, it, and again, another way that we can look at that is, again, from the Bible, it talks about not watering fake plants. It doesn't matter yeah. to water. Again, if someone's not ready to change, if someone's not ready to hear in and take in your ideas, right? Yeah. And they're not in a place to be able to do that. We could sit there. I can give you every fact, right? Again, like we talked yeah. about earlier, right? About when we talked about what happens when someone is not in a place where their, yeah. their identity is tied to their opinion. Well, if it is, that it's going to be a very tough conversation to have with somebody because their identity is tied with that. So they're not going to hear you. They're hearing their emotions. They're not yeah. going to hear you. They're not going to hear. Again, it's just For like, sure. it's just like if, again, any of you guys that are a parent, I'm sure it's the same exact way when you have a daughter, that, yeah. you, know, you know, a teenage daughter, and you're just like, she isn't hearing a word that I'm saying. All yeah. she's hearing, all she's hearing is her emotions. How all yeah. the, like, again, it doesn't matter how, what facts I present her with. It doesn't matter. Like she, again, and that's what we always say. Like, don't hear what I'm not saying. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and a lot of those things, right. Is, is that a lot of people miss that and end up going into this place where again, um, they're not hearing rational thought. They're not thinking rationally. Um, yeah. and so just knowing that before we go in is very powerful. So, for sure. um, I think that that's big. And again, I've definitely had to go through that process more and more as our ideas have been put out there more and I put myself out there a lot more is that, you know, again, I open myself up to criticism. I open myself up to responses. I open myself up to uh, some of these uh, perspectives, right, and challenges that I hadn't had to deal with, you know, um, as much. And again, the good thing has been like a blend, right? The more you put things out, the more followers you have, the more people interact with you, the more they say. Right. So you get prepared and you go into this realm. But I think that like too often people, again, give up that fight and they get to this, they get to this point. And again, not to call, um, I won't even say his name, not to call out, but there was a a pretty big influential influencer that what we like to do is that at one point we just go throw in the towel and go, whatever, think what you want. Right. But that's not good for us. No. It's not good for us to not have anybody. And again, not to say, not to say that we could channel out a lot of people, but it's very. We got to be very careful not to create an echoing chamber, right, of people that only agree with us and almost only right. yes men around me because that's not going to grow me. And if and inev- inevitably that's actually going to make me fail, and inevitably yeah. that's going to make me worse. And then all these other people are again, we're not going to be successful. So. Yeah. So we just got to be careful that yes, there is a time and a place to do blocks and mutes and stuff like that on Twitter, on social media, yeah. and also too on people in life, right? We, you know, we have this cancel culture where someone says something I don't want to agree with. I just want to completely like, you know, get rid of them. Ah, I don't want to hear what they have to say. I don't agree. Yeah. Right. And, and my it, opinion yeah. is the truth and I don't want yeah. this guy's spreading fake news, right? Yeah. And this guy's yeah. doing this. Okay, well, okay, but again, I just had this conversation with my nephew, right? Your perspective isn't the truth, yeah, right? For sure. We don't see full reality. We only see our perspective of a reality. So if I don't remember it that way, it doesn't mean that, that, that what, how I remember it is the truth or how yeah. I see it is the truth. That's my right. opinion of for sure. what happened. They, they even yeah. say that with it as well, like, Again, how often why, – why do you think in, in court cases we can't just bring in an eyewitness and go, well, that's it. That person saw it, so it must be tr- – like – For the, sure. The, you should go read this, the studies on yeah. eyewitnesses and how bad oh, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. 
It's awful. Half the time, half the time, they won't even call him up to the stand because it's just yeah. so easy to discredit. It just yeah, because sure. it's so easy to discredit and be like, okay, what was this person? Blah, 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 and they just misremember. Yeah. They misremember yeah. so much about every interaction. And so, for sure. um, in any case, it's just something for us to keep in mind is that it's so easy for us to fall in that place. And as you start to get further along in this process and you start to get influential, it's very easy to create an echoing chamber and have a whole bunch of yes men around you that will tell you what you want to hear. And you got to yep. be very careful not to allow that to happen because you're going to become stagnant, right? And again, yeah. there's no one there challenging your ideas. And also, too, how you respond when someone does critique you um, is very important as well because, again, we yep. can get in this place. And, again, I'm guilty of this as well, right? That, again, I might have muted and – I guarantee you I've muted and blocked people that I probably shouldn't have, right? Yeah. Or I should have done for a period of time and then once I got to a healthier maturity point, again, there's some people that I may need to go back through and, and start looking at some more of their content because it challenges me and also makes me think deeper about ideas and saying, okay, this is how that, that they think. How can I create – you know, other things to also see, help them see other things because they give me ideas. It gives me inspiration. Yeah. Right? For sure. So there's some of those things as well. And then also on the other side of that is that I'm also guilty because I can respond, again, unconsciously, I can respond so with conviction how that can make other people present things to me. In some ways, it's a good filtering mm -hmm. process because, Bo, you've even said that to me, right? I come more collected. I come with all my things when I have when I have something to present to you, because you know, again, I'm going to be critical and ask a bunch of questions, right? And yeah. I want so that's one thing. But also at the same point, it might hoard off people that want to share information with me because they don't feel they don't feel that you know. Again, I won't hear it unless they have all these yeah. other things. So you got to be For careful. Sure. You got to care, be careful with how we we do things, and that's kind of where my mind's been at of being like, okay, what culture are we creating with our guys? You know, yep. again, with my students, with guys that I'm training, mentoring, all those other things, right, within our, our organization and our team, that people are For able sure. to present information to me. Yeah, you need the, you need the, which there is a time and a place. That's what I've been trying to practice is, do, do you want me to listen or do you want me to respond? Because mm -hmm. I can critique you or I can just listen objectively and, and to what you're saying to me, right? Because we take it personal, especially if you don't have a relationship with somebody, we take it personal. Even though they might be attacking your work, it's me, 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 right? And I've seen the evolution with you and, and me personally and my marriage. And as soon as we start to take ourselves out of it, the personal side, and be like, you know, I understand that they're not attacking me. And you need to, you need to build that relationship. It's different now with the guys in, within our organization than it was when we started. Because now we have the relationship and they know how you are. But, mm. and there is a time and place. Sometimes you just need to say it. Some, sometimes I don't need to explain myself to you, but for like long lasting relationships, especially within your circle, I, I think that's a big one for me is, is asking, do you, do you want me to listen or do you want me to critique? You know? And right now it seems like a lot of people are just critiquing. Mm. Yeah. And also too, <laughs> I know? mean, also it's be taking out like, it, it doesn't always have to be a critique too. Sometimes it's just a response. Like, yeah. Huh. Like, oh, that like my experience has kind of been like this. And it's not that, you know, again, critique all, sometimes comes off as like, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. More so right. like, oh, like, let me share my experience and like, maybe we can find a middle ground. Let's have a discussion. You know, yeah. like, did you want a discussion or did you just want to tell me? Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's fine. There's a time that mentally you're in a place where you just want to tell me. Okay, yeah. cool. Share your information. And again, maybe I'll circle back in two weeks. I used to do that. I used to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm letting the cat out of the bag on this one. I used to do that with <laughs> Eugene from 108 all the time, right? A very yeah. innovative person, comes up with a lot of ideas. When he'd first bring it up, I'm not your guy. 
I'm a pretty, yeah, I, 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 I ask sure. a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions that can come off very critical. And I am, right. I can be very critical. But again, where is it rooted from? I'm rooted from, I want us to be successful, right? I yeah. want us to be able to execute. I want the well-being. <laughs> I want you to be successful. I want all those things. But in that moment, right, you could be all pumped up. And I'm like, yeah. hey, maybe you need to go run oh, over yeah. the will, happy go mm-hmm. curly will. And maybe he needs to pat you on the ass and tell you that you're the man, right? Yep. There's time and place for that too. Again, sometimes you get the first base and you got blown up on your hands and it's your first hit and 40 ABs and I got to pat you on the ass and say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a hitter right there, right? Like, for sure. Meanwhile, right? There's a time and a place, right? Yeah. And so sometimes you just got to know where you lean, right? To know, you know, again, I started making use of guys like Will or guys like you and say, hey, I see, I hear your idea. I think that's something you should go share with Will. I think that's something you should go share with Bo. I think that's something you should go share with this other person. And again, I'll circle back with you, right? Yeah. I'll circle back when I'm in a different headspace here and whatever. In, real, in reality, I'm like, I need them to share yeah. their idea, get it all out, be excited about it, do their process, and then I'll do my process and come back in and we'll work as a team and we'll be successful. Yeah, for sure. Well, especially because a lot of people aren't executors. We're the, yeah. we're, we're the innovators and where the rubber meets the road, and that's why I think we do so well You've actually pulled me in that direction now too because I have a process now when I have an idea for you. I, I have about an eight-step process before I say anything to you because uh, I know how you are, but it's good because we're executing. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people do the idea, but they don't do the legwork. Well, yeah, you know? and, that's, and that's also too, it's funny that it often comes up that way of well of being like that's the process my brain goes through, right? I have an idea. Yeah. What do I do? Do I just instantly act on an idea I have? No, like I go through these, th- these, these series of uh, – you know, deductive reasonings and why and how, okay, how would that work? What would the logistics, okay, could we make that happen? Would that be, would that even fit our model? And I do all this very quickly. My brain goes, and I go, ooh, that, that one might be tough to pull off or the ROI for that isn't really great right now. Let's focus on that next quarter or let's figure, like, you know, again, my brain can do that real fast now, right? Yeah. But like, yeah. um, again, we can't just do every idea that pops into our head. We can't execute <laughs> yeah. a lot of the, I, first off, a lot of my ideas are crap. Right. For sure. A lot of my ideas are awful and I'm happy they didn't come to fruition or again, I'm happy <laughs> yeah. we didn't go that direction because I'm like, oh my yeah. God, if that would have happened, you know, like, yeah, imagine if every one of your thoughts, maybe imagine if every one of your thoughts, ideas or prayers came true. Oh, awful. I'd be in trouble. I can't, I'd probably be in trouble. I don't, I don't want what, you know, what I was praying about when I was 15 years old or 17 or 20 or yesterday. Right. Like right. all of a sudden I get a different perspective and I'm like, thank God, thank you for not giving me what I prayed for and instead changing yep. my heart and ha- and changing my brain and how I thought about it. Thank you. For sure. You know, 100%. so that's the same, that's the same thing that, you know, we keeping in mind in that, that same realm there is like, there's a deductive, you know, reasoning process and I'm sure, you know, God steps in there real quick, the little Holy spirit in there and go, Hey, you're being an idiot. Oh, you're right. All yeah. right. <laughs> like, yeah. You're right. I didn't think about this. Oh, wait, that would have led me astray. Oh, wait. Yeah, For sure. I got to keep this found- foundational truth in mind, you know, or. Yeah. Well, I think, I think as we're getting to the end, towards the end, but I, I do think that I've been cognitive, cognitively aware of trying not to suppress the creativity in people by being too critical. Because mm-hmm. I think at a young age that happens quite often too with the kids now is that like, you, you can't think like that. Just operate like this. Operate within the box. And pretty soon, people don't want to talk because they're, they're, they are getting critiqued. So, like, I think that open line of communication, like, hey, Joe, like, that's a good idea, but I think we could do this. You know, there's also a way that we can form the yeah. critique to mm-hmm. continue to uh, build them up mm-hmm. to be innovators. Well, where, and, some, and sometimes that's the empowerment piece, like, go do it. 
Yeah. Go do it. And then, and then afterwards talking and being like, you know, I had a good idea that's probably how it was going to turn out. But the reason I had conviction in it is because I did it and I tried yeah. it. And this is how sure. it turned out just like that. Right. And now you'll have conviction. Right. And it comes yeah. to like the, the other part of like mentoring someone through a process is they need to make their own mistakes. You know, you can't just for sure. always tell people what the mistakes are going to be like, because again, that could become yeah. lim- limiting. And also they might show you a whole other way that it could have been successful. But like, man, I would never thought of that. Right. But then you have to, you have to manage those risks. Right. We talked about that before about like having, um, uh, having a free will. Right, I give you free mm-hmm. will within this box. I got to make sure that it doesn't cripple the company. I got to make sure that it doesn't, you know, cripple our operations. I got to make sure that again, what is the fallout of this? So if this completely fails, but at the same time, yeah. I can give you, I can give my dog free will in the backyard. Like, hey, <laughs> go run around, do whatever you want to do. Sure. You're probably gonna mess up some stuff. You're gonna pee on some stuff. You're gonna, you know, whatever. Right. right. But at the same time, I can manage that rather than being like, oh, open the front door. All right, man, go have free will. Go do whatever you want. Okay. Well, right. now that's a whole nother, a whole nother thing of free will, right? Um, yeah. So it's something for us to, you know, keep in mind in that same way, right? Yeah. Life's messy. I think that's the big thing too. Life's messy. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Get over it. It's okay. Wow. I can't believe you said that, Bo. <laughs> Dang, boy. I know. I thought we were, I know, I thought we were boys. Thought we were boys. Well, the truth hurts sometimes, Joe. <sighs> All right, I'll soak it in. Talk talk to you later about it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, from us and our partners. Until next time. <laughs> Farm system out. <laughs>